Welcome to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Get ready to find your free will from your roots in the stars. Sue Rose Minahan. Welcome again to Talk Cosmos. And this is our Scorpio Cosmic Collaboration panel. The second time we're doing a panel. And today is quite an amazing event because I happen to be down in Ciudad de Mexico, and that is Mexico City, um, at a wonderful event that Gemini Brett is putting on. And he is one of the guests tonight, along with another marvelous individual Carlos Calvan and our subject tonight is going to be concerning soul's growth power. The new moon in Scorpio will be tomorrow, today, which pardon me I did not say is October 26, 2019 and we are repeating this on not August but October 31st on Halloween at six in the morning, and this is Pacific Daylight Time. Well, I'll introduce, since I mentioned the names, Brett, Gemini Brett is a shamanic storyteller who seeks the signs of the messenger mind. He does sacred astronomy, astrology is a mystic mythologer, and earth astrology is really his domain. And in this sacred Sciences. He involves geometry, music, harmony, astronomy, and numbers in nature in many, many forms. He does consultations, he mentors, has events and conferences, is an international conference speaker, presently just returned from Egypt and Turkey, and later in the coming year is going to India. And presently, we're in Mexico. Carlos Galvan is an astrologer here in Mexico City and working with Ursula Stockner. And he's been an astrologer for many years and working on various, many capacities. He's an astral cartographer and he works with Sirius software, the cosmic patterns. And he's presently working on two enormous projects. One is, for the very first time, a software program in Spanish. It'll be a complete software program. And he's also working on the first university here, which will be in Mexico City. He presently is with Ursula, the Kepler uh, representative in Latin America. I'll just say briefly a few words about soul growth. That essentially we find limitations in in our experience in living. And in the Scorpio energy, it once, one could say, merge with symbolisms of power for the fact of regaining that new life, that new soul growth, because the soul wants to grow. In the Hermes Emerald Tablet, which is a wonderful book of, well, it's not a book, okay, but it can be a book, and actually it is a book that I've been reading, and the fact is it's it's been uh, translated in many, many 
languages from many, many eons of history since way before in Egypt and before that, that all is mind, that we can transmute our mind. And there are many steps involved with that. But really, if we're going to be talking about soul growth, something is going to transmute. So with that said, I'm going to leave this. No, not leave this, but open this up and with Gemini Brett and Carlos Galva. Hi, Brett. Hi, Sue. <laughs> so glad you're here. Well, this is an extraordinary experience. And it is just opening up the, the soul right away. And here we have a wonderful another uh, partner to talk with, Carlos. Hi, so thank you for inviting me, and uh, I'm glad that you're here because uh, we share your idea of soul growth here in Mexico. We, we tend to think that astrology is it's the, the, the way to do it, the way to have a soul growth. And uh, many, many astrologers now talk about this, like uh, Alfie Laboe is is talking about the the uh, solar returns uh, that go back in your history, go back to your your grandfather, to your uh, so so we're we're starting to talk about the soul soul growth and uh, another another way to 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 take a look at your the chart of your soul mm. is to go back like 88 degrees to your to your sun and you 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 can make as the soul the soul chart 88 so, yeah. yeah where the sun was it's or exactly, the chart for when the sun was 88 degrees before the sun in your birth chart so you're in your and you're in the womb coming to the third trimester it's about oh. 3 months before your birth it's about 88 days before your birth but the sun unlike what we teach doesn't move exactly one degree per day so it's no, different for each of us but yeah it's something yeah. that's been used in uh, human design since Ra first received mm -hmm. that work and I have a lot of friends who do gene keys work which is kind of rooted in the um, way that human design mapped the I Ching uh, sequence to the zodiac and yeah mm -hmm. they've been doing this 88 degrees thing for some time and it's it's such a trip you know like what happens in this moment? Well, there is real scientific proof. I, in classes I've taken in college, um, that the infant can hear in the womb. Like a musician, the mother, who's mm. played the piano, and the child knows that song, even mm. though maybe the mother has stopped practicing that tune. So it is extraordinary. and. You know, it is interesting that you mentioned about soul. Here we are in this seed time. Because it is something that, well, it's do existed it, forever. It. Right now, go to your chart, go back 88 degrees, and uh, you will get a very, very big surprise like I did. Uh, I'm Aquarius. When I move my chart, I have a chart that is Scorpio. My son is in Scorpio, this, the, the chart of the soul. And you know what happens? Uh, I've been very, very uh, surprised because my wife is a Scorpio son and my two kids are Scorpio son too. So, so I've been 
asking myself in astrology, why do I have all this Scorpio around me? Being an Aquarius, they are in the square with me. I, I don't, I, I don't feel like. But when you realize that you have that chat, it, it's, it's like a, so elevates. Good. It elevates, so right? Yeah, it elevates in exchange. Wow. Well, you, you know, actually, we're not living in an instant world. And when we talk about terms like soul growth, it's not like taking the clicker and just click. I think I want. Like an avatar, I think I'll be this little character, or no, I'll be that character. You know, it's like growing wings or clipping wings it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of work. And so, and, and interestingly, in astrology, as we know, and for those people that don't, squares, which 88 degrees is almost 90 degrees, no. you know, is a square, but that's where the tension, and that's where you have to work a little bit, and resolutions can happen. We get so caught up with with sometimes I think of the um, come on Sue the the negative like the critical part but really there's a shadow side and there's the positive side. Or so, maybe Sue maybe it's, it's our cross it's our famous cross. Ah. My soul is in Scorpio. I was born Aquarius, and I have to to uh, work. Both here in in in, in the in the uh, in the earth, I have to be Aquarius, but my soul is still uh, a Scorpio and have that uh, memory. Like mm -hmm. I, I see astrology like memories, like uh, you know, uh, like uh, think about memories, uh, progressions. For me, it's a memory. When I do a progression, I think that's a memory. That's I don't know. I have 64 years old, so 64 days after my birth, I have a memory there that is activating right now, and that's that's a progression. It's something that happened 64 days after my birth, and so so there are many memories that we have. Our soul is working with that. And, and any transit like this moon that we are seeing in Scorpio can activate our soul, our uh, progression. Even a converse progression, it's unbelievable. When, when you use it, you start using it, you realize that you're a soul. That's really interesting about 88 days because it's almost a square, not quite a square. Um, and 88 shows up in the mysteries in many places, like there's 88 keys on the grand piano. Um, Mercury's sidereal cycle, so Mercury's orbit of the sun is 88 days. So if it was one degree per day for the sun, it would literally be from the chart that you're calling the soul chart to your birth chart, like one trip of Mercury all the way around the sun which is an interesting thing for me, especially because it's these emerald tablets that Sue mentioned before and other texts from the Hermetic um, library, if you will, that really informs me as far as my journey into what is the soul and how does that thing work. The International Astronomical Union um, has 88 constellations. 88 constellations. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that I agree with them anyway, but there's another place it where can, you see yes. that number, right? But wow. so it's interesting it's that it's not 90, that it's not a square, and 88 would imply that actually we're, we're separating from that square. Mm -hmm. So this is, to me, like a really beautiful place to kind of really to tap into the topic of 
of tonight of growth, right? And soul growth. And because it's often the trauma that catalyzes our expansion. And it's not always that, right? I like to say that it is true that we grow through what we go through. It doesn't have to be no pain, no gain. It feels that way sometimes here on earth, right? But there's something about that time of separating from the square. It's like it happened and now what are we going to do about it? And these tend to be the most powerful times in life. I mean, how we're all counseling astrologers. How often are we sitting with somebody because the thing just happened and they're making sense of it and we can help guide them through that. Yes. And in this, this is just a beautiful, beautiful collaboration of Scorpio. And I'm looking at this chart. It, it happens to be that it's an early Scorpio. It's four degrees. And so the Scorpio new moon chart. Correct. And, mm -hmm. and I Paul, thank you for that. Meaning that, yes, both the sun and the moon are the exact same degree. And in the chart, I think there's many energies that are interacting. Certainly, there's a lot of Scorpio energy with our mental and our values, besides our will and our emotions. I mean, just to look at them kind of clinically from those, you know, planetary aspects. But looking at the nodes, which I get to, to clarify, that's the points in space where the moon intersects, right, with the... The elliptic, the yeah, where the paths of the moon and the sun cross from Earth's point of view. So yeah. you can really think of them as kind of the traveling potential of the powerful eclipse. Yes, and Mars, if I understand this correctly, is really between the two bending, bending of the nodes or bending of the. At any rate, it's squaring them. It's it's. Deliberately, or not deliberately, my language here. Yeah, it's squaring the center. But it is. It is energetically intention between releasing the past, what does is not working as far as the structure with Capricorn energies, and how to connect our processing, our emotions, that moon, that beautiful moon that we have for our soul growth. Yeah, Mars is doing some fascinating things in this year's Scorpio New Moon chart. I mean, first of all, traditionally, Scorpio was associated with the planet Mars, right? Mm -hmm. And here we have Mercury, Venus, Moon and Sun all meeting in that sign. And Mars in these middle degrees of Libra, he's Quincunx Neptune and Antitia Neptune. But I think like the, the prime thing that he's doing is this really strong square with Saturn. And he is just, I mean, it's like a perfect square. Mars at 15 and a half degrees Libra, Saturn at 15 degrees Capricorn. Mm -hmm. But Mars is separating from it, right? So we're in the moment of it happening. If Libra, Mars, square, Capricorn, Saturn, the nodes are involved. We can get more astrological, but maybe to bring this into the English language, what is the intent of Scorpio? What does it want from us? I mean, I'd love to get back to the new moon opposite Uranus and other things, but in the Scorpio intention of this new moon or the Scorpio invitation, how does this tension between Libra Mars and Capricorn Saturn especially assist these seeds to be planted? Well, I'm glad you brought up Uranus because it does all fall together because instantly at 
my first response is our actions with our relationships and our partnerships, you know, it's in Libra. And our Saturn in its own sign of Capricorn is the epitome of structure. And it could be any tradition or anything of, of some form that is, um, there's tension. But that Uranus is asking in, in Taurus always for these next seven years, or six years as it might be, it's been a year now, what are our values? What is our survival? What is earth? What is body? What is, and looking at the opposite from Scorpio, where it's resources with others, how do we balance? Again, going back to Libra, how are, can we even balance? Because balance is not 50 50, but some kind of ratio there of working probability that we can take the authentic self reliance and still exchange resources with other people based on what? On real value of, of everything, of life. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and so, uh, and I see this Uranus in my clients and mm. even here in, in, in our work that this origin is changing uh, the way we've been uh, up, up to now, is urging to make a change, to continue to to invent a new life. And the Scorpio, a lot of Scorpio is, is to me, is what do I want? And and with this Uranus, it's, it's the opportunity. That's why we are opening this, this new program in Spanish, this University of Astrology in Mexico. So we have a lot of, it's, it's, it's not me, it's all the astrologers around me are urging. It's, it's like, it's, it's a change, it's a time of change. They call it in, in, uh, in Google, they are saying we are in, uh, in, in the times of change. I love that. Yeah, I mean, I think Uranus and Taurus, despite the rap in modern astrology of Uranus and fall in the sign, for me, I think this is really beautiful for astrology. You know, we see a lot of significations or correspondences with astrology itself in this planet Uranus because Uranus broke us out of the old cosmology. Uranus invited us to see more than we can experience with our senses. And of course, our craft does this in so many ways. There's a really important thing that I love to share about Uranus is that um, we say it's one of the invisible planets and typically yes, but there are a few days a year when Uranus can be seen with the naked eye. And this is an amazingly good candidate year for this experience because the new moon and therefore the darkest sky of the month is aligned to Uranus. It's the time when um, Earth is closest to Uranus, so Uranus closest, brightest, and I've had this experience and everything that I thought about Uranus changed in that moment. It's like Uranus becomes this messenger to connect us to the far out, the Neptune, the Pluto and beyond. And I'm really hoping we'll have that experience. That's why I've called this retreat together in Mexico. And in fact, every planet, um, if the skies clear up, will be visible at this time. Mars in the morning sky, Venus and Mercury together after sunset, certainly Jupiter and Saturn after the sunset, and then Uranus in the middle of the night, so we'll see. 
But I, I, there's a lot of Romeo and Juliet in this um, Scorpio New Moon chart, right? So this Uranus in Taurus, Uranus really wants revolutions, you know, and breaking out of the box and breaking out of the mold. And there's something in Taurus that demands we remember the needs of our body for sensuality. And Scorpio, of course, really excites our passions. I'd love to say that the fixed signs of which these two belong, my mantra for them is fix yourself to fix the world. People call them stubborn, but I personally feel that they really are about personal empowerment. And they've been attacked by our culture, which would really try to, to mute that kind of project. But I look at Mercury with Venus visible in Scorpio, strongly aligned, you know, opposite the priestess Vesta, wedging with Pluto. You know, there's a power here that says, I'm not going to stay silent. I'm going to scream the top of the lungs, my the desires of my soul and the what makes me feel alive and my great passions. And then when I look back to this Mars square Saturn, it's like, no, I'm going to break out for what brings me peace. Mars, you know, we can't fight for peace. That's an oxymoron. But, you know, what is worth striving for that brings us balance? Mm -hmm. And that idea of Libra's relationship where Mars is squaring Saturn and Capricorn, there's so much about we're going to turn off what the authorities say, what the traditions say. I'm going to go for what helps me feel in a beautiful place where I can feel peace, I can clearly communicate. And what I'm called to speak and revolutionize is communicating my deep passions. Absolute Scorpio, and really it goes right back to the Emerald Tablet, Hermes, and the, the transmutation, transmutation, transmutation of of thought really is this ability to shift. I was reading about correspondences. There's seven correspondences, and it isn't as though if you take love, you're not going to... Okay, the, the opposite polarity is hate. If you take fear, it's going to be courage. People often... It really revolutionized my brain. It opened my brain because I realized people say, or I have thought, if you're going to have fear, just love more. No, if you're going to have fear, have courage to love more. Hmm. And that way... It will transmute, and we can have our soul growth. It, 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 when Hermes says it's in the mind, I think that is the umbrella category over it, because certainly feeling and body, like Gemini Brett's saying here with Uranus and Taurus is paramount, because the unity of our, getting back to the soul, like Carlos is talking so big here in Mexico, which has been since ancient times we need body soul and mind so perhaps there's big hope here it's a strong time in mexico right now too right it's scorpio new moon and coming into what further north we call halloween kids dress in costumes and seem to have lost mm -hmm. the theme of the thing so dia de los muertos and um, that connection to our ancestors and to the ones on the other side and I mean Carlos is this something that you celebrate according to that tradition? Yeah, yeah you know uh, our tradition in Mexico goes back before the, the Spaniards and that's 
maybe a millennial uh, thing. And I, I want to talk a little bit that we are very close to the triple, tri triple conjunction of Saturn, Pluto and Jupiter. And that will put more of your soul uh, in, in, in front of you. So I, I encourage you to start uh, to study astrology because here in Mexico most of the people is, is starting to, to learn about astrology, about shamanic astrology, shamanism. It's, uh, it's unbelievable what's, what's going on here. I like to hear what you say, shamanism astrology, mm -hmm. yeah. because really so many of these concepts have been misunderstood, but shamanism, which I know Jim and I, Brett, you too are very familiar with and in many ways utilize, I mean, we, it's really a, an embracing of all our universe, of, of spirit and soul to experience what we can't see, because really Scorpio, too, has the occult, which means change, which is hidden. And if we just stopped and thought, it, not everything is felt, you know, I mean, we have the physical, but energy, everything is energy, and it just, that's the name of the game. It, it will never get destroyed. It'll just get changed. It really sounds like Uranus and Taurus, right? Yes. It's like Taurus so grounded, but Uranus so electric. He's like, don't you remember quantum physics? These are just probabilities of where things can be. I mean, speaking a little Neptunian there. But uh, yeah, I think that this Capricorn council that's gathering in the heavens, obviously it's so important right now. And it's really bringing grounding foundation and that starts i think with reconnecting to traditions right and i mean the real traditions so to the elder wisdom and for a lot of us you know like the teachers of the old ways were destroyed so long ago or buried and fortunately you know there's places where i travel mexico certainly being one of them where it's much closer to the surface the elders are still here you know and in the states like the native american wisdom right and um journeys to peru or just traveling around like i just as you mentioned earlier went through you know, greece and egypt and turkey like sadly a short trip but connecting to these ancient roots and through the mysteries, right? Like I'm, this week we'll go to Teotihuacan, we'll go to Tula, we'll go to Cañada de la Virgen, like these old sites, these old pyramid sites, and just the way that they are constructed, the way that they are aligned, it's this amazing mystery, but they've left clues for us and activators for us to help us reconnect and remember. Because certainly we know that this is a time where we really have to get our feet on the ground. And I think Uranus and Taurus, it can be that lightning that blows us off the earth. Or if we are grounded lightning rods, it can be that divine revelation, right? And this new kind of source of energetic activation and awareness and aliveness. And this Scorpio new moon, I mean, all these new moons recently, they've been aligned to Uranus in one way mm -hmm. and into Chiron in another. Right, and this one is like this Uranus new moon. It's really there. And so we 
are speaking so much about Scorpio in this chart, but these other these other archetypes are really coming forward. We look at the relationship between these archetypes. We have a lot to pick up on just after this little break. This is Scorpio Cosmic Collaboration panel of Talk Cosmos. And today is October 27th, and we're going to repeat on the 31st at 6 o'clock in the morning. That's Pacific uh, Daylight Time. And this is KKNW you can already podcast and thank you thank you we'll be right back and that's with gemini brett and carlos galvin while we take a break from this week's edition of talk cosmos let's take a look at this cycle's archetype we are currently in the yin period of Scorpio, traditionally ruled by Mars, now ruled by Pluto. By departing a cycle based on comparison between extreme energies finding balance, Scorpio commits a relationship to exchange resources, experiencing power and powerlessness for the purpose of soul growth transformation. As a fixed water sign that is extreme, intense, and secretively deep, Scorpio's passionate nature questions the psychology and mystery concerning life and death. Numbers affect our lives in endless ways. To empower yourself with the energies of the numbers that appear in your personal numerology, Liz Machette, astrologer, Reiki master, and one of Talk Cosmos' many guests, is leading a workshop based on her new book, Gateways to Change 2018 and Beyond, Keys to Navigating the Seas of Life Using Numerology and Astrology on Tuesday, October 29th from 6 to 8 p.m. in Marysville. In this workshop, Liz will explain how to blend these inherent frequencies with future life events in 2020 and beyond. For more information and to sign up, contact Liz at liz at alightpath.com or call 787-431-2714. Again, that's liz at alightpath.com or 787-431-2714. Greetings. This is Karen Winterland, astrologer at seattleastrologer.com, and you're listening to Talk Cosmos on Alternative Talk 1150 AM, where we understand how to implement our free will through the cosmos. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Welcome back. Sue Rose Minahan, Talk Cosmos, Scorpio Cosmic Collaboration Panel with Gemini Brett and Carlos Galvin. We're in Mexico City. We're doing this a little early and just remind you that Gemini Brett has a wonderful event that is going to involve Uranus, and Uranus is part of this talk because we're talking about soul growth, power, and the new moon is going to be tomorrow on the 27th. And exactly the time will be 9.38 p.m., and that's Pacific Daylight Time. I think I actually cast that chart for Mexico time. Oh! So it'll be 7.38 p.m. <laughs> Pacific. Okay, excellent. I cast that chart for where we will be in San Miguel de Allende 
And earlier that day, we'll see this amazing pyramid site that's called um, Cañada de la Virgen because there was a, a statue found in the river that doesn't really have anything to do with the pyramid that somebody thought looked like the Virgin Mary. And so they named this pyramid, and it was, which interests me. But it was actually recently uncovered, this one. Um, I think this one is where a rancher was out walking his horse and he says it's as if the horse is walking on stairs and they did a little digging and that's exactly what it was and it's an incredible sight but i don't want to say too much about it here but to say that like many of the mesoamerica pyramids this one is principally facing to the west and the reason is this is the place where everything sets where everything goes to rest right in the um colors of the medicine wheel, both in um, the, Amer the Northern America and, and here in Latin America, it's black, right? Because that's the sunset, it's the night. And this is clearly connecting us to the ones who have passed on. You know, but this is a very fascinating thing about Egypt and the old language. There is no word for death. They just talk about westing right because the sun sets in the west and then it rises in the east and it's like this with our lives right i mean how many times do we feel like we can't go on because something has come and just brought the shattering and scattered us but we know looking back later on that that was the very catalyst for our new beginning and i think if we can come to terms a little bit more with Death. So when I hear about astrologies that are speaking about the soul and finding ways to connect with parts of us that aren't just the parts in matter, I'm really excited about kind of loosening not only our fear of death, but the fear of the fear of death, which really seems to drive the madness of our current culture in so many ways. Actually, I, there was a Kundalini Yogi teacher that I followed for a little while, and he said that's the way to live is to prepare for your death. And with that said, it's not, it's a spiritual journey and, and recognizing. Um, so we'll leave it at that. And, and a, a, one comment I wanted to make was that, you know, we were talking about Scorpio, but really when we talk about the soul and our transmutation, Mutation, and I'm so glad you brought up about whether it's death or pains without too much emphasis, but to embrace that because it would be shallow and superficial not to recognize that that life certainly we experience that through beloved people or, or some part of our own experience is just stopped without our. Um, Agreement, I suppose that would be acceptance, and so it takes a lot of, or some area that we that doesn't seem to be alive anymore, even though it didn't necessarily die. It's definitely not working, and it, that's where we need our soul growth too. And the point that I'm making is is that it involves all of our parts. So really, looking at whether it's Uranus and Taurus, which is our well, one way, our authentic values and body, or whether it's whichever parts, it, it needs to incorporate and unify to reconnect, I would mm -hmm. think, yeah.
I agree with you, Sue. <laughs> and you know, uh, our chart is past, present, and future. Uh, and, and you can see it in, in, in the water houses. Like right now, the Scorpio, it's the opportunity to open all those and reconnect to, to all those uh, energies. Day by day, we are living past, present, and future. And it's unbelievable, but when you start making the the converse charts, solar returns, uh, converse, and, and and you make the progressions for the future, realize that we are we are uh, moving a little bit with our ancestors and a little bit with our future. I, I have a yogi that uh, told me once, if you want to see your future, go to the past. Mm. Just remember the past. And that's the way to go to the future. It's like, like the <laughs> never ending. Yeah, and that's, I mean, we are students of cycles, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a new student of the Mesoamerican cosmology. I mean, the so-called Maya astrology, which applies to all of the Mesoamerican cultures from what I've seen. Really interesting and amazingly advanced calendar systems. I would say astrology is less the word. It's more like a time magic than a space magic. Though certainly these um, elders were amazing, like, you know, out of the world astrologers or astronomers. Um, but we are students of these cycles. So when we speak about Jupiter and Saturn and Pluto all coming together, right? When did Jupiter and Saturn last conjoin? When did Jupiter and Pluto last conjoin? When did Saturn and Pluto last conjoin? When did Jupiter, Saturn, and Pluto all do this together last? When did they all get together last in Capricorn? And we look at these things and we see trends, right? And I think we can get buried in that in astrology. I'm very fond of saying, you know, when your astrology is a way out, it's not working. Astrology is a way in. So when we're looking to the past, when we're looking to the future, it's to have more awareness, more presence, more aliveness in this moment now. It's as if we are gathering our past experiences, maybe even back into previous lifetimes, our future experiences even, right? And bringing more of us into this moment so we can be present, so we can be alive. And Scorpio is certainly about aliveness. I mean, in some of this, it's because there is a fascination with death. And something I'll be speaking about during the course of this retreat is times where the whole world and the whole species seem to almost go down. So we have to be careful, of course, not to, you know, drive fear in our work. People can be very sensitive. And it's a really interesting thing, you know, when we're speaking, you were talking about acceptance before and like our own life's experiences. It's that thin line of saying, okay, well, I hear from the spiritual communities that like, you know, pain is part of, part of the earth, but suffering is optional. How much of that is true or how much am I just spiritually bypassing and pretending I'm not suffering? You know, I think I've heard people say like, oh, this person totally betrayed me, but I've forgiven them. It's like, ah, oh, if you'd forgiven them, you probably wouldn't call it a betrayal anymore. You know what I mean? So we get to these places where we grow and we look back. And once we get to this place of like gratitude for those past pain experiences, I think we're really 
um, bringing the past and the future together in profound ways. I want to mention one astrological thing here that I've been talking about a bunch this year, next year, 2020, the Saturn-Pluto conjunction in January, the Jupiter-Pluto conjunctions, there's three of them, the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction in December. There's a thing that's happening now that I've been calling like the ultrasound, giving us a vision of that child that will be born, where these planets are what's called parallel or conjunct by declination, like on and off all year. And they're super strong right now at this Scorpio new moon. And amazingly, Mercury comes in as well. So it's Mercury parallel, Jupiter parallel, Saturn parallel, Pluto parallel, the south node. And one thing I'll just say, like what this means in nature is all of these planets, though not at the same time, they will all rise in the same place, take the exact same course through the heavens, set in the same place. It's like they're traveling on each other's path. They're like leaving notes for one another. And I really feel like if we want to know what's going to happen in 2020, or if you're personally freaking out about what you've heard astrologers saying about that, look what's been happening this year for you. Look at January, look at April, look at September, look at now. And you will see the clear invitations of what you can bring your intentions to. Maybe there's some course correct that's called for. And the vision is already here. And now we just have to take action. The parallels are extremely important. I'm trying to remember if it was Stephen Arroyo. I was just noting in a little book a while back. Whoever it was, and we'll give him reference, and yourself, Brett, Gemini Brett, that they're like joined at the hip. When those planets are parallel, you can't divide them, and they just operate. So that's really significant. And, you know, when you were talking about the pain and all that, well, again, there is a shadow. We'd be, and I think that helps to look at things that way, that it isn't just black or white. I mean, in other words, it's not going to be all rosy and good. There's there's strengths and there's weaknesses, or there's there's um, needs to to be integrated. But but my point goes back to Hermes. I keep particularly because you bring up Mercury here, which is visible because it's what is over 13, 15 degrees away from the sun, right? And so yeah. we can it can be seen, it can be thought of before it goes retrograde, and and um, so. Okay, and pardon me. And so, therefore, with the mental thought, not to dissuade that feeling, because feeling is part of the body and the emotion, but we eventually can begin to think at least some choice in our using the mental powers and elevating those feelings. From what I was reading with the Hermetic Code, which is Kabbalan, is that my saying that right? Uh, most say Kabbalian. Kabbalian, mm-hmm. which was as you were bringing up earlier in the conversation about the nineteen hundreds versus the Emerald Tablets that are thousands, you know, millenniums of years old. But that fact of these correspondences that one can uh, understand these laws, these basic laws. So, in other words. There's a way in, to use your phrase, a way out back in, you know, out of our pain, back into ourself 
to take some account of, not just accountability, but to realize that through using mental powers of choice and of acceptance that, and, and maybe it's attachment too. I mean, I was going back to the idea of choosing maybe courage instead of fear. For instance, you know, love instead of hate by just recognizing it and elevating our thoughts to that. We can put our attention on that energy and then we receive it. Yeah, attachment's such a powerful word, right? Um, Attachment versus observation. So when we're talking about Scorpio, um, where are we resistant to change? When we're talking about transmutation, you know, where are we resistant to change? And that's always the calling of the Scorpio new moon time when the veil gets thin. You know, we're talking about the West. We're talking about communicating with the other side. And if we are so attached to the story of our life, we don't leave ourselves room for that incredible improvisation of spirit where we can be reinvented in any moment. And Uranus especially remembers that this can be reminds us that this is an activation that can be ours at the snap of a finger. But we build up towards that, right? My, one of my mantras for Scorpio evolution is shifting from serving the suppressed to control me to controlling the expressed to serve me. So I'll say that again and I'll tell you a little bit what I mean here, right? So serving the suppressed to control me. This is the commandments of our culture, right? You share your so-called negative feelings, your sadness, you know, your joy, your bliss, like they make medications to turn you into a robot. Or even, you know, bringing it back down to this kind of relationship, Mars, Libra, square Saturn thing that's really alive in this chart. I mean, how often do we choose to stay mum, not to rock the boat, right? And you were speaking earlier about balance and 50-50 or finding that right place. I mean, so often... Or that it doesn't. Yeah. Right, or it doesn't balance. So often we try to have peace by not sharing what we need to share. And then, you know, if we're healthy, actually we'll explode in some weird fit we can't control later. Because if we manage that to suppress that to the depths that we're encouraged to, that's just going to become illness down the road, right? So serving the suppressed to control me is that kind of idea. If I don't allow myself to feel, my feelings are going to do their thing. But controlling the expressed to serve me, and this is where like the control word that is associated with the Scorpio Mystery School is a very powerful thing. It's not like, you know, black magician control, false government control. I'm talking about like controlling our own powerful passion emotive life force for good and there's a state in between when we're shifting from suppression culture to expression culture the first thing that has to show up is just raw emotions right but then learning to control that in the principles you mentioned in the kaibalian you know in the hermetic text they can be very helpful, the yogas, the, all the yogas from around the world of like saying, yes, I have this raw power. The worst thing I could do is try to get rid of it, right? What I'm here to do is transmute it. What I'm here to do is alchemize that so it can be a force for my own growth because my own growth is the greatest gift I can give to the growth of the all. 
that square that we talked about earlier between Mars and Saturn, when you were saying of, I'm just trying to tie it in here, but, but because it was so eloquent what you were saying, but, but it seems to support also in, in the positive that sense of control of using, or and also I was thinking of choosing the tradition, you know, because not looking at what, getting rid of old traditions, but like going back to, well, I didn't express that well. When I meant outdated traditions, but going back to maybe true, ancient, valid, substantial, growth-oriented traditions, Yeah, you know, of this. Or, you know, growth-oriented <clears throat> traditions to me are traditions that give you a solid foundation so you don't have to fear the change in the waves. You know you're not going to get swept away, right? It's not that it's like, the tradition of the alchemical transmutation in every moment's time it's like how do we actually have a solid foundation right and it starts for me every time i get off a plane as i did this morning which way south let me get my directions together let me connect to the energy of this place mm -hmm. and be on the earth and then you know it's always not me, more and more, I'm, I'm, I'm learning not to speak to the sky, but learning more to listen to the sky. So even if I come out and say, oh, you're Jupiter, and you're in Sagittarius, and wow, you're conjoined Ceres, and you know, there's other things to talk about, right? And, you know, it's like, wow, cool, big, bright, amazing light, I'm going to sit here and listen. And so when I land in this amazing, huge, fast city, how can I get out and fortunately on Ursula's there's this beautiful grass in the backyard where I can sit down, feel the earth behind my feet and just speak a prayer and say, wow, I'm on a land where so much has happened and I really make myself available as much as I can. Please remind me to listen to your whispers and listen to your wisdom. You know, And this is the time of the year. We know this about Scorpio. We've known it for a long time. This is the time of year where those whispers get loud and audible that really ties into the day of the dead when you were talking earlier about um and it's what is it some somehow some sawin sawin i never get that right because <laughs> it's thank spelled you. sam it is it is yeah. thank you sawin that is the celebration of the light that's coming at the very darkest moment of the year at the very middle of 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 November or is it not November? It's um, the first. It's actually right there. Yeah, All Saints Day. Yeah, All Saints Day. There you go. And these connections that we have to to retrieve. Yeah, and it's a global cultural phenomenon. You know that these cross quarter dates, the power of these cross quarter dates. And I think personally, and I mean, I'm looking out the plane window, flying over Utah today. Like something happened. There was huge cataclysmic gigantic waves. I mean, I think that, and I've really been interested, in, and I've talked about this on your show before, in the work of Randall Carlson, like rogue geologist. I think actually part of what's happening, I, and I see it in this chart, sneaking in in this Mars Neptune quincunx. Actually, I think we are as a hmm, shamanic species, if you will, preparing to remember the great pain of the thing that we're actually celebrating in these the day of the dead um and that's global as well 
Weren't you bringing up, Carlos, about 5,000, 4,000 years ago that this had happened before? And I know you are very big with cartography. And I want to throw in one more thing. We're at Ursula's here in Mexico. If anybody, and I know it's Ursula's.com MX because she has a wonderful facility here, a home environment where all kinds of events occur. So I've got to give homage and also just what a great opportunity. So back to 4,000 years ago yeah, and cartography. Going back, <laughs> going back into the cartography, uh, really when, when you take a look at that chart, uh, I say that uh, in astrocartography you can, you can uh, measure measure the energies of the planets and uh, it's amazing that uh, that triple con conjunction is going to happen exactly like 4,000 years ago and, and it's, it's like uh, around the Mayan world maybe you won't believe it but but it's passing the, the lines of the planets are passing through the Mayan world and it's it's amazing for for Mexicans that this is happening again after four thousand years. Passing through the Mayan, what was that word? I missed it. Is that uh, Pluto, the conjunction of Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter? Yes. Passes through to. It's it's making like a, a conjunction to the mid heaven in Mexico. Is that Mexico oh. is like. A, Capricorn. Oh, right now, Capricorn. The, that line is right over the Mayan area. Over the Mayan area. So. Yes, I know. Brett and was and most of Latin America and United States is it's receiving this energy. It's in, it's impressive. When you see that chart, it goes to, to Groenland, goes to Venezuela, goes to uh, the most uh, important places now in the world. And they, China, Russia is. Americans are trying to get Groenland. It's unbelievable. It's it's lots of. Energy We're tied there. in. Where? Lots of energy there. This has been very phenomenal. Next week we have Catherine Metcalf from uh, Illinois. She's returning, and we'll be talking about Scorpio and the Day of the Dead and also about the impassioned impassioned scorpio people that are very impassioned so uh, we'll leave that to that tonight is october 26th and it is the cosmic collaboration for scorpio about soul growth power with gemini brett and carlos galvin here in mexico city we're doing it a little ahead of time and we've been talking about amazing, fantastic things. And I think we have how many seconds? Whoops, we got to go. Well, we can all say, Buenas, buenas tardes, or what do we want to say? Buenas noches, Sue. Remember to grow. Choose change before change chooses you. Ooh, thank you. Thank you for listening to Talk Cosmos, the show where Sue Rose Minahan and guests unveil astrology's ancient archetypes that continually build the collective experiences in our unconsciousness. Be sure to tune in next Saturday at 6 p.m. to continue finding your roots in the stars.